well sharpen your pencils, set up those dice, and free your mind, because we're about to build an open world. Okay, now I think I am live. I have audio, it looks like. This is my uh, first time live streaming uh, this through Open World. Basically what I do on the podcast every week is make a character with a guest. Um, I will be making that by myself slash with the chat if they are up to the task. I think if I'm going to pull up my character sheet that I created. I will do this. Nice. You get that 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 sweet transition? That's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, you know what? I feel like I haven't even gone through I did all of this stuff. I haven't even gone through like my intro of what I was so flustered with getting getting the streaming started that I didn't even go through my regular intro for um I'm going to go back. I'm going to just going to like take it back a step. You know, I can't edit because it's a live stream, and that's fine. I don't have it all figured out yet. <laughs> okay. So here, here, let me just, uh, let me just, let me just uh, do some introductions, okay? Uh, hello, my name is Knox Adams. My pronouns are he, him, and I am the uh, creator, founder, president of Open World. And I just want to let you know that I love you. Here on Build an Open World, we create diverse characters, accessible places, and supportive things that you can use as inspiration, or you can even take directly and use in your own fantasy RPG worlds at home. And uh, just remember that the, the podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, um, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can be kept up to date on the latest additions to this open world. Just a disclaimer before we get started, during the discussion of the character today, there's a good chance that I will discuss a topic that I am not an expert on and may include uh, identities that I do not identify with. I'm coming from a place of openness and respect. And if I don't get something quite right, please uh, let me know in chat or uh, reach out on social media afterwards. And I will update. And I think what would be cool is that when I fill this out with my guests, sometimes I go over specifically what um, these different options uh, or uh, spaces mean in depth. I mean, some of them are pretty self-explanatory, but sometimes I give examples. Um, and then I cut those out just to save time on the actual podcast. And because if I did that every single week, then you, the listener would hear it every time they listen to it, which... That also might get annoying. You know, for starters, I'm going to roll uh, to see if I'm going to make a hero or a villain. So let's see. And that means I am creating a villain. Next, let's, let's pick some ancestry. So I'm going to roll a D100 and see what I get. And you know what? If we get something that... We've already made on the podcast. I'm going to roll again. Because I have pure and total power. <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty. So we rolled a 63 Dragonborn. 
we need to give the, our character here a background. But I'm going to roll, and I'll count down. Four. Ooh, an entertainer. I like that. An entertaining <laughs> villain. Okay, now we need a class. I'm wondering, let's do, because they're an entertainer, I feel like they would probably be a charisma-based class. Let's just do, and I'm going to skip out on Paladin. So let's do Bard, Warlock, Sorcerer. One, one and two, Bard. Three and four, Warlock. Five and six, Sorcerer. And I'm going to roll a d6 to be clear on what I'm doing. We got a two, so that's a Bard. That's what I said, yeah. So we're going to do a villain bard. I just really want to make a uh, whispers bard. I don't know if who have played D&D College of Whispers. I'm just going to read. It just feels like the most villainous of the bards. Any bard could be villainous, but most folk are happy to welcome a bard into their midst. Bards of the College of Whispers use this to their advantage. They appear to be like any bard, sharing news, singing songs, and telling tales to the audience they gather in. In truth, the College of Whispers teaches its students that they are the wolves among sheep. Let's create. I'll follow the same kind of process that I put my guests through. We have a villain here who is an entertainer. Um, how old do we think they would be? So you know what? Actually... Let's just, let's roll for it. I'm going to just keep rolling because that's the best. Six options that we can kind of go in. This isn't a specific age like 33. I don't know why that's always my go-to example age. I think I've said that in multiple podcasts. We got uh, six options for age and there could be more if you want to split it into more specifics. But I have child, youth, young adult, middle-aged, senior, elderly, just as kind of starting off points. So I'm going to roll and see where we get. A child. Ooh. Ooh. This is going to be fun. Okay. Um now let's go over to body size. So this is this is not the mechanical are you a small creature, a medium creature, a large creature. This is in comparison to others in your ancestry and um age group and everything like that like are do you what's your height and, and weight compared to them is the body shape uh different is the muscle or fat content um noticeable and uh a defining feature he almost feels like even though he has the entertainer background he feels like he's almost kind of going to be like a charlatan as well he or she i don't know yet but they, yeah, like they're going to attempt to, I don't know if that's relating. I'm just kind of thinking now. But I see them using their kind of charm to get their way instead of, instead of kind of like overpowering with muscle. So I think they're not going to be muscly in any way. I think they're, I think they're going to enjoy, enjoy the finer things in life through, and they get that through charm. If you listen to episode two of the podcast uh emma my guest on that one put in the fact that if their sex assigned at birth is going to be relevant to their plot lines and who this character is then you can define it but if it's not going to be relevant and like that arc isn't something that is going to affect the game then it really doesn't matter and i think based on what this character this villain 
how I see this character going, I think it's not going to matter. I think we're going to say it's not going to play a part. But their gender identity, how they identify, will likely come into play. Because they're going to, if they're interacting and using pronouns or people around them are using pronouns. I'm going to make a cisgender female. And I think that she is also going to present very femininely, too. In my head, I'm thinking of, like, a... What is that from Willy Wonka? Violet. Violet from Willy Wonka. What is her name? Violet. I want to say Beauregard or something. Is that? Yeah, Beauregard. Okay. Yes, thank you. Beauregard. Um, Violet Beauregard. That's who... That's the kind of vibe I'm going for. But, like, in the full blueberry moment <laughs> that's that is that's that's who i see as this character sexual orientation um i'm gonna say this isn't important right now because they are a child and they have not uh defined that for themselves yet now that we have this i think we can go back up and do a name name for this character. I mean, I'm already liking Violet or something along those lines just to... Oh, Violet. How about Violet? Smogrithgard. Ooh. Let's use that. We'll, we'll use Smogrithgard. Let's use that as the last name. Violet Smogrithgard. I think... I don't think we're going to beat that. Because Smog is the dragon. Is... Is that is that his full, is that the full name of Smog? So uh, there are some different kinds of physical disabilities. This is from um, a little bit of research. I am again not an expert on physical disabilities or a lot of these things, um, but there are things like genetic disorders, like albinism or spina bifida. Um, there's also congenital anomalies, like cleft palate. You could also have a permanent injury, uh, like the loss of a limb or a, a spinal cord injury. Um, also, visual and hearing disabilities. The whole point of this character sheet is to make intentional choices around these things. So even if we create this character and they do not have a vis physical disability, that's okay. But it's our choice to make it that way, where it's not the default that, oh, nobody ever has physical disabilities in D&D because that's how it always is. Because that's not true. I'm wondering if we could do something... Because wasn't... This is going to show my lack of knowledge about history and stuff like that. But wasn't um, Beethoven... Didn't he have, like, a hearing... Wasn't he deaf or something? <laughs> yeah, deaf. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Fraser. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'm trying to think of like what if we make what if we make uh Violet Smogrithgard um also deaf. I think that would be interesting especially given well entertainer Bard relies heavily on music and spellcasting and stuff like that. So I think I don't know, I think that would be cool to kind of see how we can make that work. I like it. And again pulling from like Beethoven history that I totally knew all by myself without any help. Uh, <laughs> all right. So next we can go over to cognitive disabilities and neurodiversity. So neurodiversity are things like um, the autism spectrum disorder, 
Uh, you can have learning disabilities like dyslexia or ADHD. You can have uh, intellectual uh, disabilities like Down syndrome, accidental uh, like b brain injuries, or age-related like dementia and Alzheimer's. I'm trying to think of something that like if they're if they're an entertainer, they're good with music and stuff like that. Syn synesthesia? What is this one? Seeing music as color. That would be a cool thing because then they, like, because they can't hear it, they only see it. So they can basically see sound waves almost. Deafness has added to the depth of musical cognition. Yeah. Try to think if this would be considered a cognitive disability, though. It's described as a neurological condition. Okay. Yeah, let's... I like that. Let's... It's. I've never even heard of that before, so thank you for... <laughs> for putting that in there. And I think that I think that also it connects with this one and I think it, it would be a really cool way to have this character still be able to like communicate uh and take in information that's being said to them or hearing music and all that stuff because they can like see the sound waves almost. Um and I know it's not that intense but we're like amplifying it through magic. Let's move down to mental health conditions. These are things like anxiety disorders, mood disorders, psychotic disorders, eating disorders, OCD, PSTD, impulse control, and phobia. Phobias? Because I'm going back to now Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka. <laughs> and I'm trying to think if that's like the, if that's like an impulse control. Like Violet was very self-entitled, bordering on megalomania. Not sure if there's a spectrum of that. Fraser, you're, I feel like your favorite movie is Willy Wonka. <laughs> you know everything. Ooh, no, I like that, though. I feel like that makes sense. They're also, like, we're making a villain. That, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Not that everyone who has megalomania is a villain, just to be clear. See, this is, this is why it helps to have very smart friends. Because they bring in a lot of really cool information <laughs> illness well i think we will choose we'll choose for this character to not have an illness right now so these four which are race culture religion and language and the associated ones around them i like to pull these and kind of think of things in the real world that i am pulling for pulling pulling inspiration from uh to to uh influence this how this character uh acts uh looks believes sounds like etc so like things with race this is even like if you're playing uh characters with skin because our character currently has scales so it's a little different but uh with this one if you're if you're playing a character with skin then just because every current fantasy or most a majority of the current fantasy media that exists portrays elves looking a certain way doesn't mean they always have to. And that's your choice to choose. And it's they don't all have to look like Legolas, basically. But since we are making a dragonborn, they have uh, scales that can be any color. And I think if we're going full violet, I feel like we go violet scales. Then we can go over to culture and ethnicity. I think we go like the culture is like spoiled rich kid. <laughs> is that a culture? That's their culture. It's Beethoven Austrian. 
Well, that is not a question that I would ever know, but you know who would? Google. Beethoven was a German composer and pianist. Born in Germany, died in Austria, I think. Because now I'm trying to think of like that Beethoven movie that we were forced to watch in like band in high school. The resources to go about and do their own thing as a child and not let their parents know. And I almost feel like their parents might not even be aware. German, Austrian. Maybe instead of giving her, her a distinct accent, it's kind of like a mesh of those two. And I don't know what that is right now, so if I was to do that, I would have to, like, practice that. Yeah, Hazel, the Mozart was a spoiled rich kid, um, full of himself, because he was super talented, yeah. Like, what, what is that time period called when they were all... Y'all know what time period when those uh, composers... Classical, the classical period? Like, it's not, like, it's not medieval. Like, I feel like this... This character grew up with a tutor and, like, learned how to play piano. Yeah, all those things. I think that makes sense. And then religion and ideology. Um, again, this isn't the specific religion that is going to be played in-game because every game could use a different pantheon of gods. What this is is, like, how do they interact with their god if they believe in one? And is it pulling from inspiration from the real world? I don't think she believes in a god. Atheist. Probably her family does. Oh, is agnostic a better term versus um, atheist? So her upbringing, I think she was a spoiled rich kid. Upbringing is more like the long term how uh, she was treated, uh, experience that uh, Violet had where... The life experience, I see more as, like, the defining moments. So I feel like that, like, a defining moment is probably when she, like, learned she could see, like, the sounds, sound waves and stuff like that, and use that to cast spells and to uh, use magic. Because I, I believe that she would be a spoiled rich kid who couldn't really figure everything out because because she saw the world differently but then once she figured out how to use that ability like use that to her advantage relationship uh nope socioeconomic status uh very well off privilege was born into money so that is an inherent privilege they have the ability to use magic a pretty interesting character right now that like and again we don't have to go into all the details about what this character has done to make them a villain but i think there's enough here that if anybody was to ever use this character in a, a game then they would have that ability just want to let you guys know that as always you invite a character sheet for and a visual representation of what we think Violet may look like at openworldrpg.org slash podcast. That will be out on Friday. Also, there you can find um, any additional resources that we used. Most of the resources that we used came from chat specifically, so there might not be any resources there. But uh, you can also find a preview of that information on our socials later this week. Uh, by searching Open World RPG and looking for the D20. Uh, thank you so much, chat, for being here with me today and helping me build a more open world. And thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll 
be back next week with a new guest, hopefully, to help me create a new character as we continue to build an open world. I love you all. Bye.